0: Hey buddies, you're thinking of starting your own podcast? Why not use Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast, and here's why. First off, it's free. Secondly, you have creation tools to record and edit right from your phone or computer. Third, Anchor distributes for you. You can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Fourth, make money with no minimum listenership. And finally, you have everything you need for a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app today or go to Anchor.fm to get started. Well, the world has buddy, Even downright, buddy, buddy, buddy. We shall miss the past, buddy, buddy, but there's still
1: buddy No, Don't be nutty, go meet everybody. Here on Buddy Cast.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the founder and host of BuddyCast, Nick Sorensen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Welcome to another episode of everybody's favorite show, BuddyCast. I'm your host, Nick Sorensen, and joining me today is a very magical guest, a very, very interesting man, a very magical man, Mr. Charles Schneider. How are you doing today, buddy?
1: I am excellent. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you,
0: Nick. Oh, happy to have you. Truly. So, buddy, I know you are a magician, but you are a man of other talents, including a poet, and uh,
1: you play the harmonica, too. <laughs> am I right? I do, uh, although I've almost never, ever played the harmonica in public. Hmm for 60 years. Really? I, I love playing it. I know that it's, I was born to play it, but it's something that I'm i am learning to get past and to share with people more, which what? is why something, something like this is good, because you can just say, you know, I'm going to just go for it. And that's what buddies are, non-judgmental. Exactly. I was about to say, why don't you give us a
0: little demonstration now? We don't judge you on the show. We don't.
1: Oh boy. Okay, let me let me grab that harmonica. And this is not a magical effect. This is actually purely just uh, what you're going to see is just improvising. Uh, Go for it. Let's take that hat off. You know, I was waking up. I was feeling kind of cruddy. Then I got a call from Nick my buddy. He said, come on, man. Let's go go go. Cause today you're gonna be on my buddy show. Cause you're my buddy. Come on! Cause you're my buddy. And don't forget. It. At some point, some point I'm going to work on, ah, see that, it's that, I got something stuck on there, it's, ah. And the coin comes out of the harmonica. We're working on it, kids. We're working on
0: it. <laughs> that was awesome. Terrific. <laughs> Terrific. Now, buddy, I got to start by asking, how okay. did you get to magic in the first place? Lead us down your magical journey.
1: Um, I was thinking about this. Because it relates to the a question that I that I saw you sometimes ask people, which is if I want to get into magic, for people who want to get into magic, how do you get into it? That's a similar question. I think I came up with the answer today. You already it? are you're already a magician. Ooh. We are all born magicians. Just not. All of us wake up. We are all born sleeping magicians, or sleeping magi- mag- chefs, or cooks, or painters, or anything. But maybe we're asleep. We just need a little nudge or an interest in our life to wake us up. And so wake up. However, it was not a magic kit like a uh, phantasm, many people. Um, it might have been a combination of weird relatives like my father who even though he was a judge was really good at <laughs> removing his finger and freaking me out or grabbing my my nose i also remember my grandfather held me in his arms and he he had these fake teeth and he spit out what He kept spitting out all these fake tunes, and I still, it really messed with me. And then there was a magic store in Chicago called Zagoni's um, that I went to as often as I could. I definitely was a kid who was totally attracted to magic from the get-go. Nice.
0: Nice. So you carried it on throughout your life. And now go on to today. What are some of your favorite magic tricks? Like sleight of hand, card tricks, um, optical illusions, stuff like that. What are some of your favorite tricks?
1: I love, I have immediately was drawn towards coins and uh, these small little things that we could do. uh, Because they're so tactile and the touching. And uh, I've always loved the objects and things made of brass and shiny all of that, then again, I'm very attracted to what you, I could do in a coliseum with just my voice. Um, I have not had less experience with large stage illusions, though I'd love to go there. Um, very fascinated by storytelling and strange magic, magic uh, that empowers people through that moment of wonderment. Um, and the, the last year for me has very much been about inventing magic. So some of the magic I like is the n- this new stuff I kind of maybe making up. I'm not sure. Mm.
0: Hey, you learn something new every day, don't you?
1: Yes, absolutely. In fact, let mm. me just have a little sip of my... I've been I've been staying up all night because of the muse giving me ideas, I'm inspired. So I'm a little tired now so I I can't stop drinking coffee. It's, it's a terrible thing. Hmm. I might mm. punctuate these your your questions with some moments of amusing byplay. Forgive me. No worries at all.
0: No <laughs> worries at all, buddy. Hey, I got to I got to ask now. Who are some of your magic idols? Like, who are some magicians that you really looked
1: up to, or
0: still look up to this
1: day? I'm ready for my Oscar speech here. (laughs) Um, Let's right. I love uh, John John Carney. Right. So I mean, the first first name just like John Carney. Mm A direct, a a link to greatness, the most beautiful poetic in his magic, uh, a very excellent teacher. If you can see his lectures, you know. uh, And so it really feels like classic magic. Uh, Dear Jeff McBride. Yes. (laughs) Got to say it. Copperfield. Why not? I'm just going to say it. I mean. I've seen his shows. Um, David Roth, the coin magician, New York coin magician, greatest coin magician of the century or two. So amazing. And I wanna, I'd i love to tell a David Roth story, if I could. Absolutely. Um, me, oh, uh, other, other, other magicians who really inspire me, uh, Tony Andruzzi, Charles Cameron, Tony Shields, the early, the roots of the bizarrest, as well. But there's so many, so many Richard Block. I I could just name a thousand magicians I've seen, with like where I wanted to scream aloud. I love them all. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I was in New York City, living there for a brief spell several years ago it was a teacup looming uh, <laughs> several years ago and i would i was ready to move back to the west coast but david roth was demonstrating magic at the counter of phantasma magic on sundays this to me was like a dream come true like it was being told Vernon or say, yeah, you can catch him on Sundays. He'll hang out in Kibitz with you. So I would go there and just watch him work and spend a little money so I could spend a little time. David Roth. I left the Magic Store and I went on the subway. It was closing time for the Magic Store. Phantasma. As I went on the subway, there were thousands and thousands of people going up and down the stairs. It was like a scene out of the movie Metropolis, just hordes of people moving like a mass of a mountain. And as they all walked past me, as I was going down and they were walking up passing me, I thought, I I think that I just passed David Roth. I think that was David Roth in the crowd. And so I, I turned to look behind me and all I could see were, Thousands of people walking away from me, the backs of their heads. And then one of those heads turned slowly and made eye contact with me over his shoulder and went. And he kept walking. And I realized David Roth saw me because we were hanging out an hour ago he caught me out of the corner of his eye and he's been knowing how to watch and look for things magically for over a half a century. And I turned at the same second he did and he, it was the most beautiful smile and I was filled with wonderment. It was the most magical trick of my life. And then he turned and vanished with the rest of the crowd. He was gone. I never saw him again.
0: He was gone without a trace. <laughs> that's a that's an awesome story, buddy. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to your magic, how many hours of practice do you put in a day, let's say? Or like if not if not a day, at least a week or so.
1: I would I think that if I count when I'm thinking about magic and fidgeting. Not, I tend to not set up cameras and practice rigorously. Mm-hmm. I would say I'd, I'd seven, I would say I spend about 70, 70 minutes to an hour and a half a day getting deep into the magic mindset or, uh, waking up in the middle of the night and thinking, Oh, if I don't put this down or try to mock this thing up, I'm going to lose it. Um, uh, the, the older I get, I'm 61, and I've, I've learned you really must put it on paper the second the muse, magical muse, comes to you. Don't lose it. Tape recorder, don't regret it. Have a pen in your pocket. Put it down right away.
0: I agree. As a comedian, I completely agree. Like, there's always something by... There's always something in the distance, like just something, because you never know when a good joke's gonna come up. You have your phone on you, you have a pen and paper. Write it down. Write it down. Cause you're gonna get because you're always gonna have that moment of, oh, I'm gonna remember that. Yeah, that's gonna be funny forever. You're gonna get home, and the minute you get home, what was that punchline again? No, it wasn't that. Or no, this was the punchline,
1: but th- this wasn't the right setup. <laughs> and I'm convinced mm-hmm. every time you don't write it down, you get a pimple. I could agree with that. You know, if I had... ah, Oh, well. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, I know a lot of magicians have been dealing with the impact of COVID-19, unfortunately. Thankfully, everything is starting to open up again. Everything's starting to get back on track. You know, the vaccines out there. But how has COVID impacted you personally? Like, how how was that, like impacted you and your magic at all?
1: It certainly has given me time, a little bit more time to uh, really brainstorm and have hours to just wander in the woods and say, oh, well, I could put three acorns in my pocket, three acorns in the hand, three acorns, you end up with a big rock. or <laughs> Lots of time to meditate on that. However, I do tend to live a pretty isolated existence in the countryside with this dog. And so my life did not dramatically change. Um, I did notice that my creative output, I also am a painter, uh, I was extremely prolific. But at the same time, noticing the state of the world, I've almost been unable to bear to share some of the newer stuff. Uh, from last year, when people were suffering, I couldn't wrap my mind around hey, look at this cool stuff I came up with and I was playing my ukulele and I went to the drive-in theater and I did all this stuff and go fund me now because I... and I, uh, I was just filled with remorse and I thought I'll quietly collect these good ideas and put things together later when the light is at the end of the tunnel. Um, However, um, I have enjoyed using this format for magic. I'm intensely excited about the possibilities of magic on the internet. I think that although we are thankfully reaching somewhat of an end of this crisis, I think we're only, and I think that Jeff McBride stated it, really at the Stone Age in the Wild West of internet magic. Um, I mean, for all you know, I might have 37 people just on the edge of this screen getting ready for what, but I don't. <laughs> I might have an elephant right just out of frame. But I don't, but I
0: could. Wow. (laughs) And you're right. You're right. It is all. It gives you time to definitely think about things. It gives you time to learn new opportunities such as this. You know, that's how BuddyCast came to be. Rather than just sitting around going, okay, what next? Or what am I going to do? You know, I decided,
1: why not make a web show? So we Uh, actually... Yeah, I, I'm just—I am proud of you, and I think it's awesome. Who knows what oh, yeah. incredible opportunities or miracles or things could happen? It's—it's it's like that—the Bradbury story of stepping on the butterfly's wing—that uh, a ripple effect from somebody giving two pennies to a cause.
0: Mm-hmm. Who knows
1: what miraculous things you are causing to occur? Thank you. Thank you.
0: Now, we have have a question from the audience, actually. You and I both know this character. Ask him about the Tom and Jerry cartoon.
1: Well, about 15 years ago, I had the amazing opportunity to become a writer for the new Tom and Jerry show. When I was living in Los Angeles, my friend Richard Purcell had already worked on things like uh, Ren and Stimpy and uh, all kinds of stuff. And he said, Charles, you, you've got the sensibility, come aboard. And sure enough, I got the job. I wrote about 10 or 15 Tom and Jerry cartoons. And the show was called (laughs) Tom and Jerry Tales. So it was a kind of revival, but it was wonderful because they, decided to go with the style of the 1940s animation. They spared no expense. Um, in some of them, they're more adventures, so they're kind of like buddies. Uh, I would start out a cartoon where the usual, they're chasing each other, but then they get in a situation where they have to learn to, to work. work together. And one of my favorites I wrote was called Abracadum. And if you Google, you can see it on maybe Vimeo, YouTube. You can buy it, I think, on Amazon, Collected Series. And Tom and Jerry are competing magicians. Ooh. And the cat is doing a big show, and the mouse is doing a micro copycat show up in the rafters. And... Since buddy cast is an emotional thing, let me tell you an emotional story, folks. Um, I mentioned David Copperfield. And mm-hmm. through a series of events I won't bore you with now, I edited a book, which was a reprint of this weird old catalog of fraternal crazy magic devices. And amazingly connected with Copperfield who wrote an introduction Thing for us. Um, I got to know him a little bit, and I I sent him a link to that Tom and Jerry cartoon. And my mother and father had both just recently passed away. And you know, you always want to be your prove to your parents. Look, I achieved success. I. No matter who you are, you always feel maybe you're not. you're being judged, even if they love you, even if it's a weird relationship. If only you could get the stamp of approval. I got a phone call from David Copperfield saying, hey, I just saw your Tom and Jerry cartoon. I really liked it. And uh, basically, you know, this great magician liked this thing I did which it took me many years to achieve. And I wanted to reach for the phone and say, you guys, I've got to play you this message. But they were gone. And I've never had a deeper wellspring of emotion. I was so proud, and yet it, it came a little bit late, late in life. But again, somebody like McBride would say, Oh,
0: they're proud of you, buddy. Don't worry. They're happy. Love it. Love it immensely. You know, you're right. Your parents are proud of you. Your parents are proud of the man you've become today, proud of the work that you put in. You've shown me just from the little time that I've known you, you're not one of those magicians that says they're a magician and just gives me another, is this your card? No, that was just a (laughs) trick. This is your card. Still no, that was just the optical illusion. It's got to be this one, you know. You really uh, you really do show me that you are magic and I'm that's an inspiring story. Thank you so much for that.
1: I I do believe that <laughs> I probably do I think I actually have one of those tricks for you today. But really? l- later, but the yes. point is that I do believe that even was that it? That's not it? Was it? I do believe we can turn that into one of the bo- most beautiful uh, pieces of poetry if we might frame it properly, but it ca- can become this old warhorse, And it's a nightmare. It's very strange. I really have no affinity for card tricks. I get nervous about this, and yet I love them as symbols um i i'm still very drawn towards them who knows mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: now let's go on and let's go on a lighter subject let's go let's go to toward a funny page do you have any from your performances do you have any funny yet audience appropriate stories that you could share from you doing magic
1: Uh, You know, I'll think of a funny one in a moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first one I think of just happened the other day, and it was less funny, but more like, what the? Mm -hmm. Through a lovely miracle, even though I live out here near Grass Valley, California, there was a little local magic guild. And I met a man named Don Wilson, an 87-year-old magician. Uh, who studied with Slidini and is just the sort of person you'd like to fall under the spell of kind of a fraternal magic friend, uh-huh. but truly a definition of buddy. Just when I'm wondering what's going on in the world, the phone rings. Hey, Charles, it's Don. Just checking on your buddy. Uh, so he's like, a- anyways, that was a good story. I, I know the story's not done. Um, I've been doing this forever, and it never works. And I just pulled out a card, and I said, "Don, I am going to blow your mind. Name a card. Name a card." He said, "Jack of Hearts," and it worked that's wow. the point it's not funny but after hundreds of times it happens it and i i love the idea of filming this i think maybe we could achieve uh, probably a lot of amazing television magic if you film something 10,000 times eventually you're going to catch that nickel on your nose etc mm-hmm. but when i did that and when when he saw that he uh he said, get in your car, get out of here. He he knew what had happened. He knew it was it was that you know it was that impossible moment that happened. Um and it in fact it when I saw that happen, I was like, that is a stretch of the imagination, you know, that and I thought, wait a minute. If, if magic is like reality, which is maybe something we could manipulate. We'd never want to manipulate people, but reality, plastic reality, maybe that's one of the definitions of magic. If I could... Ah. I can't even tear it. They make them so. Oh, there it goes. You want to kind of get a, a uh, a serpentine, a sort of serpentine rhythm going, Nick. You see, and Mm -hmm. you can, you can if you start. There we go. If we you start pulling, uh, uh, there we go. uh, 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 And that's uh, that's wow. one of the ways that I I uh, warp reality
0: Wow that was awesome
1: I really don't know how that what that what just happened mm-hmm <laughs> <laughs> now oh next let's oh funny things that happened mm-hmm that was pretty funny. <laughs> I, I, have, I love doing the, the cups and balls,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which we won't do today. But I used to work my dog into the act, where I would pretend to take a ball, throw the ball. It appears under the cup, and the dog would jump up and knock over the... I guess the funniest thing was the dog refused to act like a dog. Her name was Skye, she did not want to, because I treated her with respect. I really never was crazy about living animals in magic, but it's a matter of opinion. Although I have done some magic recently with pill bugs, roly polies and they don't, they don't seem to mind as much and I release them back into nature. But uh, anyways, my dog refused to go along with the act. I would. And she would just. (laughs) Dude, look look at me, look at the audience. And get a tremendous laugh. And then she would go up to the table and to knock the cup over and something would appear in the cup. Which reminds me, I got to get a little closer now. Excuse me, folks. I don't mean to be in your face or anything, you know, with this, but uh, things are getting a little weird in the Schneider house. (laughs) Uh, I love the cappuccino but you know what sometimes Ugh. I have a I have a dog here and sometimes I don't comb her enough so the hair gets in the in the sometimes the hair gets in the and how about what the? what get the? You... what the? there's a corny uh. cappuccino in my what the? anyways <sighs> My coffee is a little strong these days.
0: I would say it's actually a funny story. My girlfriend loves corgis, loves, loves, loves them. So she wants one when we, uh, when she moves in, we've been debating over that. So,
1: well, Uh, um, why don't you solve the debate by getting a miniature corgi, which is even a hundred times cuter on them already super cute corgi um oh, but, you know, don't don't forget that there are miniature corgis which are like you know they're, they're i mean they're not they're not like that guy but they're very cute um mm-hmm. by the way the greatest scene um ever set to film involving corgis would have to be in the spielberg movie the uh The BFG, the Big Friendly Giant, based on the Roald Dahl story. Yes. We will not, no spoilers, but you will laugh at the Corgi scene.
0: Hmm. Absolutely. Now, buddy, you've mentioned it throughout the show. You've mentioned it, like, earlier when you told the David Copperfield story. In your own words, what does it mean to be someone's buddy?
1: It means, to, uh, it means to have a mutual respect. It means you're a truly good listener. You're willing to hear them as long as it takes to listen. Like other people don't listen, like a buddy can listen. And a buddy might hesitate and be a little afraid to go there. And I'm sweating here. (laughs) No problem. You can see see it in their eyes that they need a little bit more time to explain themselves. Or they needed somebody like you to finally show up and hold their hand. Um, I think of a buddy as someone who maybe is never going to go away because of that mutual respect and love it's a true wall of gibraltar nothing is ever going to break break it down uh, till the end of time there's an unspoken understanding and love that flows forever between buddies
0: beautiful beautiful answer you're right Buddyhood is forever, you know? Being a buddy is a long-lasting, but it's not just, hey, buddy, how's it going? It truly is, hey, buddy, how's it going? So now I'm going to ask you two questions that I ask all my buddies that come on the show. They're not guests, they're buddies. The first one, if you could have our audience donate to one charity of your choice, what would it be and why?
1: I would say uh, there's uh, so many causes, but the first one that comes to mind would be the Crohn's and colitis foundation of America. And uh, because I have Crohn's, I I was born with Crohn's, uh, which um, makes me hesitate when eating super spicy food. uh, Your digestive system gets affected. Luckily, I've tried to remain super healthy and Not drink shots of whiskey every day. Or, you know, I just, uh, I feel I'm in very good shape in that regard. Mm -hmm. As a young boy, uh, a doctor said, you can never eat popcorn again because of the kernels.
0: Mm -hmm. All I could think
1: was, well, I'm going to hire an army of people to de-husk my popcorn for me. But, uh, because I like movies and movies go with popcorn and, you can't tell me that but so the crohn's and colitis foundation i know has developed researched uh, cures for crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis etc for i don't know how many decades and is clearly a worthy cause beautiful
0: beautiful i have some people in my life that are battling crohn's as well so it's definitely a worthy cause
1: yeah it can be uh, Quite harrowing for some people Yes
0: yes, and it can happen to anyone. It can honestly be someone you've known your entire life who just it develops, you know so Now we've come to I'm going to ask you one more question and then I'm going to ask you for some demonstrations. but the final question is what we call the ultimate buddy cast buddy question. You hit on this in the beginning, but now let's see the now let's hear the answer. For anyone out there who wants to get into magic, become a magician, what is your advice to them?
1: First, I will say, you already are a magician. Whoever you are out there, you're thinking about it. Guess what? You're magic. You were born magic. Remember how magic the world was when you first smelled the smell of a banana or chocolate? And colors, well, that green is still just as vibrant. And there is a world of magic of making things appear, disappear, float, go away, come back, and make people happy and thrill them and change your life forever. And it's a little sleeping baby rabbit inside of you waiting for you to go, boy, here's your little carrot. Now you wake up right now. And, well, books. Books, 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 books. And um, a couple of the vi- videotapes or DVDs. Um, uh, if I was a parent of a young um, wannabe magician, I would buy the Tarbell course in magic. Those books, I mean, you could spend the rest of your life in magic slowly going through them and being inspired. It's amazing. Um, the Mark Wilson course in magic, that gigantic book you see, remaindered. It's in a lot of used bookstores. I always see it. And I'm like, that's uh, that's sort of like Tarbell in one volume. That has all the secrets. What is that doing on the bookshelf? Get hide that book. Why isn't it gone? Uh, that's an amazing book. Um, Bobo's Book of Coin Magic, Richard Kaufman, Coin Magic. Um, but that's only the beginning. Martin Gardner, Encyclopedia of Impromptu Tricks. Uh, go into, go to a magic store or to library.com, perhaps, and ask an old magician what books inspired you as a kid. Um, The Stein and Day Handbook of Magic. Um, The big, oh, the big fat book by Henry Hay. Henry Mm. Hay. His big paperback of magic. That could keep a young magic kid busy for a long time. Um, Also, I would say, get the cups and balls chick. That's the one, you guys, where you have three cups and little balls go all over the place. And then, wow, something crazy might appear under it. I love that trick. And I practiced that trick for a long time. And I learned how to do every other wonderful magic thing I do. As a trajectory and spin-off From cups and balls magic. So. In fact, Cups and Balls Magic, I only have one small vice. Did I tell you, Nick? What's that? One small (laughs) I can't help myself with a lousy... Anyways.
0: Love it. Love it, buddy. Great advice. And you know what? You know how we have to end the show? I don't know. We have to have a demonstration. Would you mind giving us some of your magic? I would love to. Awesome. The floor is yours.
1: I've got all kinds of nifty things set up here. And so I think we're just... Ah I think I'm just going to improvise and show you a few neat things. Oh, I, re- I was talking about books. Um, mm-hmm. So, actually, this isn't really a magic thing. It's, but it's about do you know do you know about this fi- the fire goddess LA? The volcano goddess. The scariest thing about this book is the look at the author. I don't know, but he the the thing about the book is it's very vivid. I mean, the descriptions of the volcano are like, I mean, it's extremely. Um, I mean, this book is like, it's absolutely one of the... Yeah! <laughs> Enough of that. I would li- now like to show you... <laughs> something that I I created during this recent quarantine period. And I mentioned that I'm not crazy about card magic, but this sort of applied to what we've been going through, having to stay apart, having to go away. Mm -hmm. I will use four, four playing cards. Can you imagine such things from the heavens playing cards? (laughs) I'm going to use these four cards. I'm going to actually now show you, you and you, these cards. There we go. Can you see them, Nick? Yes, the four aces. I would like you to name two of the aces.
0: The ace of hearts, the ace of spades.
1: Wow. Four aces. You have named the ace of hearts and the ace of spades. Briefly, I would like us all to imagine these cards are our friends, ourselves, and our family during this last unbelievably year where we had to go away from each other. Those are the two you asked me to remove? Uh it's so sad it's sad it's been a year of tears (sighs) the losses are incalculable to me perhaps even worse was the the awareness we we drew of uh, the divisions amongst all human hearts. That I found quite upsetting. But I know something will always remain. What, what would I have here, Nick? You would have the Ace of Clubs and the Ace of Diamonds. But of course, I'm not talking about playing cards right now or even diamonds or aces or clubs, there's something that will always remain. No matter how far we're pulled from one another, the depths of the sky, to the depths, depths of the sky, to the heights of the ocean, something remains. Ah. Next, let's move on to pure, (laughs) pure visual silliness. In fact, now my hair is lubricated perfectly. I'm gonna show you the greatest act of levitation I know. I turn myself into a unicorn. Oh! Well, it's not quite working today, but with the help of my spirit animal, everything is gonna work out just fine. Now, next. This is for you kids show magicians. This has never been done before. People ask me to pull a rabbit out of my hat, but they've never asked me to pull a rabbit out of my carrot. It's pretty easy when you have a giant carrot with a. With a zipper. <laughs> you just. You just. Rah! Rah! Not, you just got to unzip that thing like that. Yeah. <laughs> And show it up! You pulled a little bunny rabbit right out of the carrot. (laughs) I told you I was going to amuse you. I didn't say I was going to mystify. Okay, one more thing, buddy. Actually. I'd like to try a couple more of these card effects. Um, Oh, this is a really cool deck of cards. It's actually from the 1950s. It's like, can you see the Pep Boys? Whoop. Oh. Manny, Mo, and Jack. I just love vintage cards. Why would I, why always use a bicycle deck? I tell you truly, there's nothing funny about these cards, except for the cartoons on them. They're pretty funny. But, uh, Nick, if you were here, I would ask you to cut some of these cards for me, okay? Okay. But you're not here. This is a problem we have. But, look, my hands act like your hands. So, is that enough, or do you want a few more. Just a few more. Yeah. Ah. Is that okay? Perfect. Good. Now. Whoops. Sorry. Got to align that. Do you think that you can remember? I mean, I know you can. Could you please remember this card you cut to? Uh-huh. Oh, I and everybody else, please remember it. I am going to turn my head away. I promise you. <laughs> I actually also I, I can see my little my little face and little square. I'm not going <laughs> to even look at that because that uh, would be, that would be cheating, you know.
0: mm
1: huh. Yeah. Can you see it? Uh. Yep. You you got it. Got it. Everybody got it. Got it. Okay, I don't need these anymore because I got a prediction. <coughs> ah! Nick, I have prepared three giant cards as my prediction of the card you just cut to. Will you give me three chances? Yes. <sighs> Was that your card? Nope. Nope. Okay. Was that your card? No! Nope. Was that your card? Nope. Huh. Are you joking?
0: I wish okay. I were.
1: This is like almost my last trick today and uh, this is not going to look good if I want to ever come back and be anyone's buddy. Uh. I just don't... Uh, wait a minute. There's nothing like the old recovery plot. <sighs> Seriously though, if I want to get out of this situation i gotta like do i have to switch your card right that's what i would do right nick Uh huh. i'd have to switch it right right hey. and and that would be amazing right and then everybody out there in buddy land would give me buddy buddy flaws. yeah well there's something really weird about this card i didn't show you but look do you see this look at that card what the? It's got a switch on it.
0: No way. I,
1: it is highly electrified. The last time I actually got a shock. I'm going to try something. A little bit of a mad scientist. Because I, I got to admit, I'm a fan of the old Frankenstein movies. Uh-huh. But I want everybody out there in buddy land watching this to help me. I don't have any sound effects rigged up. So when I throw the switch, could you help me with a good electrical, staticky noise? Okay, that sounds, that's what I want. When I throw the switch, okay, ready? Okay, here we go. Go! What did it work? Did this work? work? The old switcheroo. Love it. And thank you guys, it would have not metamorphosed had you not given me that extra crackle of electricity. Nick, I have one more little thing I'd like to show you. Yes, please. Okie doke. It's funny that I've been doing so much gritzing. No, seriously. It's funny that um, I've been doing a number of card effects when I'd rather have been levitating a hippopotamus or showing you this new hybrid GNU I have. But um, I came up with something just for you and your buddies today. And it's a very ancient, very, well, it's a new variation on something most ancient, The old three-card Monty. And if I can get this together, I've got a little soundtrack music and I'm just going to do some gesturing. So you get the idea. Three-card Monty involves three cards. You've got to follow the card in the middle. That's all you need to know. Follow the card
0: in the middle. Follow the card in the follow the card in the mail.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Excellent job!
1: Bravo. And there we go. There we go.
0: Bravo, sir. Bravo. Way to end the show. <laughs> well, thank you so so much for being a buddy here, on buddy Cash. You are an official buddy. Oh
1: boy, I'm happy. I wanted to be a buddy. Yes, one hundred percent buddy tastic. <laughs> Yay! Thank you for the opportunity. I, I feel less I feel like uh slightly less lonely right now.
0: Mhm. 100%. Hey, you're all you're always a buddy and I want you to do me a favor. I have one favor to ask you before we end the show. Today or any day. Go out and be someone's buddy. Perfect. Well, buddy, Thank you again for stopping by And being a buddy on BuddyCast For all my buddies out there This is my new buddy Charles Schneider And thank you again For being on BuddyCast We'll catch you all next time Here on BuddyCast
1: When the days are going
0: fast Buddy, buddy, we've got to make them last Buddy, buddy, before they've all gone fast. Buddy Buddy, tune in to Buddy Cast. Don't feel like it could make
1: everybody here on Buddy Cast.